See, often when we think of favor, it's not only a mutual exchange, let me give you something and you'll give me something back. We think of favor as everything going well with us. I'm blessed when I have plenty of food. I'm blessed when I have a great house. I'm blessed if things go well. But what if they don't? Mary is given this incredible promise. You will bear God himself. You will be the mother of God, a claim nobody else throughout all of history will ever get to have. And her question is, how can this be, God? Hi, this is Chris from The Point, a church where you can come as you are and you can text in your questions. You may not be sure what you believe about God, Jesus, faith, or the Bible, and that's okay, because faith is not about having it all figured out, and God is not waiting for you to put your life together before He'll connect with you. If you'd like to find out more about The Point, you can visit our website at thepointknox.com or connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at The Point Knox. Don't hesitate to contact us or join us in person every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. We pray this message has an impact in your life or at least makes it easy for you to connect with God where you are. Emmanuel, God with us. As we approach this Christmas morning, as we are gathered this final Sunday before Christmas is here, just a heads up, Gentlemen, you have six days to go shopping, okay? Five if you want to avoid the rush. As we gather and approach this final Sunday in preparation for Christmas morning when we can sing with great joy that God is with us, Emmanuel. Today, we're going to dive into a story you may be well familiar with, and yet one that I find because we're so familiar with, we often completely overlook the magnitude of it all. If you would like to follow along, we're going to be in Luke chapter 1. If you're following along in the blue Bibles or the ones that are upstairs, uh, it'll be on page 1067. Feel free to use your phone or your own Bible to follow along as well. This is the story of the, the promise of Jesus' birth. Here we go. Luke chapter 1, verse 26. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. Now, just to be clear, this isn't the sixth month of the year, but what happened prior to this is uh, an angel had appeared to a woman, well, to her husband, and said, you will have a son, and his name shall be John. And so Elizabeth, in her old age, became pregnant. And Elizabeth is a key figure because she is the, uh, I believe, aunt of this lady we're about to see. I may have misspoken there. I don't, it doesn't matter. I always forget sometimes. But uh, anyway, Elizabeth is an important uh, relationship to who we're about to see. And when it says in the sixth month, it's specifically referring to six months after she conceived. She's now in her third trimester bearing a child. And in that time, Gabriel, this angel, shows up in Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. 
But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. Before we continue, let's just pause there for a moment. It's really important that Luke, as he's telling the story, emphasizes some of these key details. This angel shows up to a man, for well, to a woman, but to a woman who's betrothed to a man who is of the house of David. In the Old Testament, David was a man who was king, who God promised, because you love me, I will place a, your family as king on the throne forever. So Luke's emphasizing this family lineage of David. He's setting the tone for what's to come. There was just this announcement of a birth or of a pregnancy, and now there's going to be another announcement of another pregnancy. And this angel shows up to this woman who is a virgin. Now, some people try to interpret this as she was a young woman, a maiden. And they try to overlook the fact that what's about to happen is truly miraculous. And the reason I think a lot of people try to overlook that it talks about virgin, being one who is a virgin, not just a young woman, is because for many of us, comprehending things that are miraculous is really frustrating because we can't actually comprehend a miracle. In fact, the very nature of a miracle is something that happens that doesn't make sense within our own understanding of how things could be. And if you're over the age of third grade, you probably know that virgins don't normally have children. But in Isaiah, it was promised that when the Savior comes, the, the Messiah, the one who's anointed by God to rescue the people, he will come from a virgin. This is really important, but I'll get there in a moment. The angel shows up and speaks to Mary and says, greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. Now, in some translations, they translate greetings instead as rejoice. It's a type of greeting that's filled with great joy and celebration. Look, we should celebrate right now. Things that are happening are really, really good. And this Greek that is used for greeting, this specific type of greeting comes up elsewhere in Luke. But there's a little caveat. Every other place in the Gospel of Luke this uh, greeting is used, it's used as an insult and as a sense of sarcasm. Often connected with Jesus and his disciples, a greeting like you don't really know who you truly are. You can't be who you say you are. You're not actually who you think you are. Greetings to you if you're truly that great. Let's rejoice. But here this angel uses this greeting and I don't think it's with sarcasm. This greeting of great joy. You favored one. Whoops. Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. Now I picture Mary being a young woman, perhaps still a teenager, engaged to be married, not yet married. I picture an angel showing up to her saying, oh favored one, God is with you. How would you feel if that happened to you? I personally would be really confused. First off, this is an angel. That's kind of scary. Every time they show up in scripture, angels terrify people. They're not these cute, cuddly things on, on like clouds that we often think of. No, they're terrifying creatures who fight on God's behalf. This angel shows up and says, oh, favored one, 
But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what this meant. Does he mean that I'm actually favored? And what does it mean to be favored? Every week we have a benediction, a blessing that we end the service with. We, we end that blessing say, may the Lord look upon you with favor. Have you ever stopped to wonder what it means for God to look upon you with favor? What does it mean for things in your life to be favored by God? Oftentimes when we use the language of favor, what do we imply? Will you do me a favor? Which usually means I need something from you. Will you help me? And then I'll later return the favor. I'll give you something back in return. We often think of favor as an exchange. I need something, you can help me. And then if you ever need, I'll repay the favor. That's not what favor is. It is a gift, something unmerited. In fact, you've heard the word grace. Grace quite literally is unmerited favor. Looking upon you with delight, blessing you abundantly with something you have not earned and do not deserve. To be given favor is to be treated in high esteem as one who is important invaluable, apart from anything you have done. Mary, she wonders, what does this mean to be the favored one? God is with her. I want to back up a little bit to the story of creation. Perhaps you know this story. In the beginning, God created everything, the heavens and the earth and all that is in them. And then he made man and woman in his image and he made them to be with him forever. And he said, don't eat from that one tree, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Because they knew all that was good, what they did not know was evil. And unfortunately, as the story goes, Eve took the fruit, having been deceived, and ate it and gave it to her husband who was with her. And together their eyes were opened to know all that was evil sorrow and shame and guilt and condemnation. In fact, immediately afterwards, God, as was his custom, comes walking in the garden to be with them, and they hide in shame. Maybe you felt that way before God, before a sense of shame. I'm not who I want to be. I'm not who I should have been. I'm not who people think I am. And they hid. And God, he calls them out and he asks why they're hiding. And at first, Adam blames Eve and then blames God and says, it's your fault all this happened. And then Eve says, I was deceived. I didn't know. And then God curses the serpent, the one who deceived. And he gives a promise that the serpent will forever be against the children of the woman. But that one singular child from this woman One singular one would come later who would crush the head of the serpent and set everyone free. This angel shows up to Mary, an ordinary woman, and says, Oh, favored one, the Lord is with you. Now, if you grew up in the Catholic church, 
Perhaps you hear of Mary and you begin to think of Mary as this great, spectacular woman who is unlike any other. Well, that's partially true. She was truly unlike anybody else. As we'll see what happens next, she gets to experience God in a way that none of us ever will experience. But she didn't start as anybody extraordinary other than the fact that God chose her. Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son. And you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. Imagine that. Just going about your business, having an ordinary day, and an angel shows up and says, God is with you. You will conceive and bear a child, and this child will be the king of kings who reigns forevermore. This child in your womb will be unlike any other child, will be God himself with you. Mary does the most logical thing you can do next. How will this be, since I am a virgin? She hears this great promise of God and is filled with questions. This promise seems a little too good to be true. What's the catch? I don't quite understand what you're doing, God. It doesn't make sense in my own understanding, in my experience. I've never met a virgin who's been pregnant before. So God, what do you mean by these things you speak? Few of us ever encounter angels like Mary did. Few of us ever hear God speak these promises directly like Mary did. But I think every one of us, if we're honest with ourselves, can relate to being really filled with questions about God's promises. God, the things you say seem too good to be true. You tell me that I am loved and that I am forgiven and I keep doing the wrong things. Can I really be that lovable? You say that I am favored, but life continues to be difficult. I find myself walking through all kinds of hardship and not knowing, will it ever end? How can I be favored if things aren't yet good? See, often when we think of favor, it's not only a mutual exchange, let me give you something and you'll give me something back. We think of favor as everything going well with us. I'm blessed when I have plenty of food. I'm blessed when I have a great house. I'm blessed if things go well. But what if they don't? Mary is given this incredible promise. You will bear God himself. You will be the mother of God, a claim nobody else throughout all of history will ever get to have. And her question is, how can this be, God? Don't you know my situation? 
and who I am. And, and like, I, I can't do this. The angel continues. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. I love how this ends here. Mary, looking at all of her situation and her struggle, says, how can this be? I don't understand what you're doing, God. And the angel speaks, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. Language used throughout the Old Testament to indicate God's overwhelming presence with his people. Language used to indicate God's favor and his blessing, his work, when he did all the work necessary to provide for his people. Language that's used to describe the faithfulness and the goodness of God throughout the Old Testament. The angel says, this God will do it all for you. And the son in your womb will be the son of God. You want proof of this? Elizabeth is now six months pregnant. And she was once called barren. See, this Christmas story, our hope and our peace and our joy and our love, God wraps it in this beautiful promise where you see one who cannot have children because she's a virgin and one who cannot have children because for who knows what reason and how long she's been barren. Part of the curse of sin in the beginning, that childbirth would not be the life-giving joy it was supposed to be. That it would be painful and difficult and even that there would be barrenness and death. We see in this promise of the coming Jesus that God is taking all that was broken in the beginning and mending it. He's doing the very impossible that we cannot ourselves do. It says, for nothing will be impossible with God. This story of the promise of Jesus' birth, of Mary, the mother of God, this unique woman who's favored by God, should be really good news for you and me today. See, none of us are favored by God in the way that Mary was. None of us will ever bear God in our womb like she did and have the joy of an infant Jesus kicking in your belly. Like I remember when my kids, my wife was pregnant with all three of them and I remember that feeling of putting my hand on her stomach and feeling the child, my children kick and move and it was an incredible thing. Mary got to experience that with God himself. I chuckle, that's one of my kids <laughs> screaming and groaning. My kids didn't come out as perfect as Jesus did. But thankfully, Jesus is still good. Mary experiences this favor of God and when she questions and she's confused and she says, I don't get it. The angel promises, with God, nothing is impossible. 
See, every single week we have this blessing. May the Lord look upon you with favor. And it is natural to be filled with questions. God, how are you looking upon me with favor when life seems to be stuck in a rut and I seem to be going nowhere? How are you looking upon me with favor when I continue to deal with sickness and sorrow and hurt, when my loved ones have died, when my addictions are overwhelming? How, God, will this be? The same is true for you and me as it was for Mary. That God, when he looks upon us, does not see our present or our past or even our future. He only sees his goodness and his promises. That when he looks upon you, he sees all of his favor, his love and his grace for you. And this little Jesus, this baby who kicked in his mother's womb, this baby who was there, born in a miraculous way we can't comprehend, This little Jesus is the one who would come to crush the head of the serpent, to destroy the pain of that curse, that barrenness, and death would no longer reign over us. This Jesus who's born is the one who comes to bring you and me hope. One day, all of our questions will be resolved. All of our hurt and confusion will be no more. One day, this very world that we're living in, filled with sorrow and pain, will rejoice, for God is with us. And so this Advent morning, as we prepare for this last week before his coming birth, may God look upon you with favor. May he fill you with peace in all of your comings and goings. May you be filled with the promise that nothing is impossible with him. And if you are here today and desperately in need of God to work a miracle, to forgive you and heal you and transform you, God is with us today and forevermore. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Will you pray with me? God, we thank you. We thank you for Mary who, after hearing such promises, speaks these words. Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. God, we are filled with questions and confusion. We, we wonder where your favor is when life is hard and things don't make sense. But God, let it be to us according to your word. May the things you have spoken of your love and your grace and your promises be true in us forevermore. When we do not understand our situation or the things you are doing, may we rely on this promise that nothing is impossible with you. And when our hearts are filled with doubt and questions and confusion, comfort us with the promise that you see us in our pain and in our sorrow and our confusion and in our hurt. And you do not look upon us with pity. You do not look upon us with shame or guilt, but you look upon us with favor for you are with us. We ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. As we continue our worship, we're going to continue by collecting an offering.
Here in this place, we believe an offering is an opportunity to trust God with all that he has given and also to express to God an excitement for what we believe he's doing, in particular what he's doing in this people and through us as a people in our communities. Over the last couple weeks, I've shared with you about our Cultivate Community Initiative, uh, something we do every year at the end of the year. We invite and encourage every person who calls this church their home to consider giving above and beyond something you don't normally give. And it's not simply so we can have money. No, the reason we do this every single year is we believe that the things to come in the year ahead are better than the things we had before. And we believe that when every one of us, whether we are here every week or joining in online or whether we're just here from time to time, if we together as a family say, let's come together and ask God, what does this next year hold and how can I be a part of what you're doing? We believe in this place, every one of us will see God's hand at work, whether next year goes really, really well or really, really poorly. And so part of our Cultivate Community Initiative every year is we ask you to give above and beyond your normal giving, something special at the end of the year. We also want to invite you this next year to join a community unlike one you've been in in the past. If you've never been a part of a connect group, last week I encouraged you, maybe this upcoming year is a time for you to say, I'm going to take the time to get to know my neighbors, specifically people at the church who live close to me, so that we can be a community who cares for one another throughout the week and not just on Sundays. Another way that you can cultivate community and grow in this upcoming year is by signing up to serve. I don't know if you know this, but every single week when we gather, there's a whole lot of people who gather to help make it happen, whether they're behind the scenes serving, doing the media, or up front in the band. If you're musically inclined, that's not me, so I'm not in that role for a good reason. Or my favorite people every Sunday are those who brew coffee because I really love it. There's a whole host of ways that we can all say, I have something to give of my time to serve one another. So this year, as we cultivate community, what I want to encourage you to do is maybe this upcoming year is a year where you need to take that next step in your life and say, I think I've gathered and I've gained and I've taken from the church. Now I'd like to bless others by giving back. Of my time, I'd like to serve, maybe making meals for those who are sick or in the hospital, or maybe here on Sunday mornings. As we collect our offering today, if you came prepared to give a physical gift with cash or check, you can place it in the popcorn bucket in the back. If you filled out one of those connect cards with a way that we can be praying with you or connect with you, you can place that there as well. And if you came prepared to give a gift or would like to make a special year-end gift above and beyond your normal giving online, you can do so at thepointknox.com by clicking the little teal button in the bottom corner. However you give, whether that's your time or your treasure, whatever you give, know this. We do not give to get God's love, but because we already have it. Thank you. Now, real quick about next week's services. I'm very excited for both Christmas Eve and Christmas morning. If you're somebody who really likes to spend Christmas morning in your pajamas, I just want to let you know that here at The Point, you can come as you are. We just ask that your pajamas include some kind of pants, okay? All right. Now, every week, uh, you guys send in questions, and I do my best to respond. What, 
what came in today, Kaylin? All right, we have one that says, my feelings of sadness have been overwhelming for me for a while now, and because of that, there is a block between me and God. Like, I can't get it out of my feelings to appreciate all he has done for me. What should I do? Lament. If you haven't heard of that word, let me tell you, throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament, there's a type of prayer called lamenting. And basically, lamenting is pouring out all of our emotions and our pain as real and as honest as they are before God. We see this all throughout the Psalms of David. He's constantly crying out like, my soul within me aches. My pillow is drenched in tears. And sometimes he even says really angry things like, God, would you dash the babies of my enemies against rocks? And you're like, whoa, David, I don't think we can say that. But lamenting is a safe prayer where you can take all of your pain before God. And the thing about lamenting is you always end your lament with, and even still, Like whatever I just said and I felt and I'm feeling, God, I'll praise you. You are good, though I don't believe it or feel it. And there's something that happens when we lament like that and we're real and honest before God with all of our pain. I think we find God in the midst of our pain. In fact, there's an entire book of the Bible called Lamentations where God himself is lamenting all the brokenness of this world. Your sorrow and sadness does not separate you from God because I promise a God who can suffer and die knows your hurt and will be there with you even in your pain. If you would like someone to talk to about that hurt, I am more than happy to sit down with you and listen to your hurt and help you learn to lament and bring it all before God. Yeah, thank you. There's only one more uh, statement, I guess. It's not really a question, but someone said, the song Noel is beautiful to hear. Sing it more often during services, please. So, thank you. Well, we'll keep that in mind for Christmas and Advent next year. Yeah. Although there's still two more, three more services between now and the end of this Advent season, so maybe it'll come back. Yeah, thank we'll you. See. Now, here in a moment, can I have that? Uh, I'm going to share something with you that's very exciting and very sad. But first, the last couple of weeks, I've shared with you some sad news about our church family. Um, Individuals in this church family who've lost loved ones and family members in recent weeks. So it's also worth, as a church family, not just grieving with those who grieve, but celebrating with those who rejoice. And so I would just like to take a moment and call out two people today. First being Tony. Tony's right back here if you don't know Tony. Yesterday was his birthday. And second being Blake, who plays the piano, who hates being the spotlight. He's right here in the front. And today is his birthday. So we love both of you. And we love to celebrate all of you as well as to grieve with you. And so with that, we get to celebrate and grieve together. I'm going to invite Daniel to come on up. Some of you may know, this is Daniel and this is Kaylin. They were our interns this summer. They've been coming to the point for about a year, right? Um, so they've been coming for about a year and interned this summer. Kaylin yesterday graduated college. So really exciting. And the super awesome thing, even beyond that, is she has been invited to join a team of people who are working to replant and relaunch a church that was really struggling and failing. 
And, and that's super exciting. Not only that she gets to be on that team, she's going to be on staff, which is after college, a wonderful blessing to get a job. So congratulations. And, and she gets to join them in helping revitalize this church that's dying. And the exciting thing is we are always glad in this place when God brings anyone in and then sends them out to wherever he has them next. And the sad thing is that means that this will be their last Sunday here because beginning in January, they will now be serving at a new church, helping uh, create that community. So we wanted to take a moment and um, just bless them. We believe in this place that everybody who's here, whether you're here for a short time or a long time, are a part of this family. And then when you leave, we want to celebrate that you're leaving. Not like, oh, thank God they're finally gone. But rather, (laughs) we want to celebrate because we believe God is not just about drawing people in, but sending us out. And it's a good thing to be sent out. Kaylin and Daniel, you will both be missed and be greatly loved. And I want you both to know that whatever God has for you in store, he looks upon you with favor. I want you both to know that wherever he may lead you from here forward, you have a church community who loves you, who is behind you and support of you. So I want to give you both this blessing that I give every single week. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he look upon you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. If you guys uh, would like to share a kind word with the two of them about, uh, about your love for them, I'll put them on the spot and uh, they'll be around right here for a little bit for you to share uh, just things you've loved about them this last year and bless them as they go. Uh, For the rest of you as you go, may that be your blessing too. The Lord is with you always, wherever you go. Have a good week. Thank you for listening to one of our Sunday morning messages. If this message has made an impact in your life, please let us know. Simply fill out the Contact Us page on thepointknox.com. And if you'd like to be a part of supporting The Point Ministry, simply go to thepointknox.com forward slash support. Don't hesitate to contact us or join us in person every Sunday morning at 1030 a.m. We pray this message has an impact in your life or at least makes it easy for you to connect with God where you are.